All right. All right. Another Tuesday. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. You're going to uh, learn today. You're going to, yeah, you are <laughs> going to learn today. You're going to learn about yeah. ray tracing. <laughs> yeah, today we're going to learn about ray tracing. Cool. Yeah. And uh, what about it? Uh, well, it's a good idea. This was uh, Jill's idea to uh, to talk about ray tracing today because it's obviously becoming more and more popular and Nvidia has launched their RTX cards like a year ago or something um, mm -hmm. and promoting this um, hardware ray tracing that they can do in real time and games that have support for uh, adding ray tracing to the, I think, like Battlefield, which is the latest Battlefield, Joe's? Is it five? Uh, I think it's five, yeah. Yeah, that one has support for it, and there are some other some other games that have support for it. I think a game called Control has support for it now, as well. Yeah. I think uh, Cyberpunk might have support for it. I think so. Uh, they do have it. Okay, nice. Um, and we just wanted to talk about why is it important, or maybe is it important? We don't know yet. We haven't talked yeah. about it. Well, uh, I would take another another point at it. Uh, I want to add something to it, and basically why this is such a huge deal. Um, because ray tracing, when we were studying, ray tracing was just you know used for global emulation, and it was done not in real time. And global emulation is basically having ray tracing since I know <laughs> the eighties. Ray tracing isn't something that that is new. It's been around for quite a lot, yeah. uh, quite a while, and it has been used for quite a while. But the new, the difference between the uh, the Nvidia lineup that you just mentioned and previously is that you can do it in real time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, while previously you would have to bake a texture out of it and sample the textures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's <clears throat> now if we. If we can, let's uh, try to explain a bit about ray tracing and how it works and why, you know, why it was so hard to, to do in real time. Because basically, so from your perspective, you're tracing a ray of light from the viewer's perspective for each pixel on the screen. And you have to, you use the same formula for each pixel as well. Uh, and calculate light bounces basically that's why reflections would look more realistic or actually realistic by using ray tracing than baking something because then then it's not dynamic right it's just stored in in um, in a map yeah, it's stored somewhere exactly yeah yeah so um, what nvidia did was that they they introduced special i think they have special cores tensor cores or whatever they call them i can't remember uh, yeah the it's name. a tensor they do have tensor cores which are basically a ray it's a matrix multiplication core basically exactly yeah that can do all all these computations in parallel um and are specifically designed for um for uh, doing ray tracing computations so you do get realistic lighting effects and reflections um, in real time. Yeah. Um, that is actually simplifying the whole. Of course. Uh, yeah. For, for anyone who is really into this and knows about it. Yeah. We're simplifying stuff. We're talking layman, layman terms. 
Yeah, because I mean, nobody, maybe you know, a few, a few people are interested in the actual, um, what you would say, the the actual very details of of ray tracing and how it's done. Uh, yeah, but, but also the the, just... the the cores that we're talking about, the tensor cores, um, they're also used for AI computation. Oh yeah, yeah, that's for right. machine learning and and stuff. Yeah, that's but correct. We're we're just like I said, just uh, simplifying and using it for ray tracing for in this instance. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I mean, we don't need to go into. Of course, we could go into the details, but we want to talk about its application for game gaming mostly so but just exactly. explaining the basic concept of it so uh, kind of everybody has uh, has the same level of understanding is is a, just a nice thing to do yeah but yeah so uh, yeah uh, global illumination is basically having a, a light map of uh, bouncing rays uh, and there are a lot of uh, different algorithms uh, out there. There is one for doing it forward. There's another one doing it for bidirections, which is called bidirectional ray tracing, etc., etc. And each one of them has their own uh, weakness and strength. And previously, you would have uh, you would use these in separate mass, uh, maps. So, for instance, if you had um, caustics from say a surface which uh, is basically having you know when you see the when you see the water surface when you look through a water surface and you see the the water refraction on the seafloor or yeah. lake floor or whatever whenever you're out bathing that's caustic whenever you see the lensing effect from a lens and you put it near a near a surface that's also caustics so you had you would have a different caustic map for it um and you would have the ray tracer uh and you would have the uh, what is it called nowadays you also have a lot of ambient occlusion maps yeah. and those things that give more realism in terms of shadows and shadowing which is also an effect of ray tracing yeah yeah, it because is. you instead of tracing the light, you would also need to see where the shadows are supposed to be placed, yep. right? And if you have a refractive surface, or say that you have a sphere which has, which is made of glass, um, that is translucent, um, you need to be able to calculate the, you need to trace the ray in multiple steps until it actually uh, stops bouncing around, or whenever you say that, hey. This is the end bounce. Yeah, exactly. The same thing is if you would have a, a mirror ball behind a mirror ball, which is also behind this uh, glass ball. Depending on the number of bounces that you that you allow, the, the one of the problems would be uh, the, the the surface in the back is basically black if you if you say that hey stop after three bounces yeah and that is one of the problems with ray tracing uh, you you really need to know how many bounces you want otherwise you could do this for an infinity and we i mean the the game industry or the computer graphics industry uh, has come a long way with um with algorithms that basically fakes this and that was why i wasn't really that impressed by the 
Battlefield Five um, demo that they had. Yeah, which yeah. was uh, they they showed off fire, which was uh, dynamically applied onto a reflect reflective surface of a car. I think it was as well as a, a water puddle. Mm, yeah, I saw that too. I think yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, correct. That was one of the demos that you could do. I mean, you could do you could use uh, real time ray tracing. Yeah, for uh, for that instance, it was a BF five. A battlefield uh, yeah, yeah. demo and i wasn't really that impressed and this was the reason why because it was really cool it was really it was really awesome and the thing that you if you start thinking about it yeah wow yeah ray tracing it was really cool but then you kind of eh was this was this all about was this really the thing I mean, we did see the uh, the Unreal Five demo uh, that we showed uh, that we talked about in the first episode, and yeah. it was basically the same thing. There, they had volumetric lighting, they had a lot of uh, uh, bounces and stuff, and that was actually way more impressive because of the poly count that we're talking about and using ray tracing as the global illumination kind of algorithm. And when you yeah. really start to think about all the technologies that you could just throw away, all the algorithms that you can throw away due to the ray tracing uh, done in real time, you start to realize, hey, this could actually be really cool. And that was why I, I mentioned it uh, to you previously that I want to talk about this uh, today. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. In... in um existing games or like like we said in in battlefield 5 you know how much does it actually add to the gameplay because the the baked light maps that you have and 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 textures and all that texture maps are pretty good nowadays and yeah how how much does it actually add because that's i was i thought as well i mean i was looking at um there was a comparison between um there were two images from the same scene and there was a comparison between running battlefield 5 with ray tracing uh, on and and then off um and it was like yeah it's cool because you know you had this uh, like you said you had this uh, puddle and the, there were correct reflections from the viewer's perspective in in the water and the shadows were were a bit nicer and and uh, or yeah you know a bit nicer it was barely observable to be honest yeah barely visible yeah yeah i know what uh, you mean and um then i thought well yeah it's cool because it works and they they lost some fps i don't know how i can't remember how how much but it was still i mean 60 f 60 fps plus but that was on a 2080 ti or something which is a pretty expensive card um so my thought was like yeah it's it's cool that the technology works but you know it doesn't bring that much to existing games what yeah. we talked about in in the first episode with global il illumination and all that was more exciting because you know you can have a game where you have to wait until the correct end of uh, correct time of day to solve a certain puzzle or use it in that way you know it's or you can have a game where you actually affect the light um, and you can you solve a puzzle or something else. Then it kind of starts to make sense. But just adding it to existing games, I feel like 
prequel, yeah, I mean, it does look nice, but other than but, that, you know. But that's the beauty of it, because you're not supposed to add it to existing games. Well, we're in, we're in somewhere in between right now, because now you do have these cards, and, you know, the real high-end kind of guys want to have the best thing possible, and they're the first early adopters. Yeah. But then you have the the period after where this goes mainstream mm-hmm. and people start to get this on I mean on regular PCs. And then uh, after say a couple of years, even the ones that had kind of shippy, uh, shitty or crappy computers start to get uh, the graphics cards that can that that can do this on the yeah. fly, yeah. And that's when the uh, when you as a consumer start to feel like, hey, okay, this looked really cool. Well, actually, more like you don't actually think of it anymore because this is something that has been done over a couple of years. But in in contrast to that, if you're if you're looking from the view of a game developer. Now you're thinking in that this makes sense because now you don't have to bake the ambient occlusion map. Now you don't have to uh, do the off the what is it called the light mapping uh, stage uh, yeah. of a game. You don't have to um, you don't have to do a lot of these algorithms on beforehand because the the ray tracing part does this for you. You don't have to compute the, the the shadows anymore because the shadows are done automatically uh, with the ray tracing, and and so you don't have. There's a lot of lot of things in the development cycle that you can just throw out because yeah. you get this for free using uh, real time ray tracing. Yeah, that's, and that's true. what I think, and that's what I think was is, is that's when it comes to its fruition. That's when I think this is really cool because. Now, as a game developer, you don't have to think in terms of uh, where do I put the light to get this effect. Now you can basically just throw out a bunch of lights and see uh, what works. Yeah, yeah. Previously, you do true. you did have a lot of. Uh, I think OpenGL had like eight lamps, eight lights, uh, but then there were algorithms coming out which basically simulated lights. Uh, you could just throw out the texture uh, into the graphics card and say, hey, these pixels are lights. These pixels are lights. You could just uh, use them. Uh, I think it was deferred shading or something called like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this, is, this was way back. Um, and all of that just broke the... It was an algorithm that let you do more than you were, you were thinking of. Uh, in uh, on the CPU side as a as a developer, yeah. now you don't have to think in in where do I put my light. You can just throw it out there in the engine and see. Okay, this is what it looks like if I if I use it because it is ray traced. It is accurate. It is exactly the way that that it's going to be repre- represented in the game. You don't have to consider uh, texture data or what. Uh, if you if you want to store this as a 1040 uh, 2024 2024 
uh, texture with RGB 8 <laughs> or if you want a 24-bit uh, image. I mean, all of those things just go out the window. And that is when that is why I got excited just the, the other day when I just started thinking about all those things that you as a developer can just throw out the window. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, it does simplify the the development loop or uh, if we call it that um, yeah, the dev cycle exactly yeah yeah the the development cycle just because you don't have to do all these extra steps for for the lighting because you know we talked about this before but lighting is a very important part of of gaming i mean and especially 3d gaming um it becomes extremely extremely important because it, it kind of is responsible for so many aspects of the game, like how the game feels. Um, yeah, I mean, the atmosphere, you, you build up the atmosphere of a game. Exactly. Lights and shadows. Yeah, yeah. And, and it becomes very, very important because, you know, changing changing the light can change the, the look and feel of your game so much. So it's it's just, you know, if you want something cozy using warm light or if you want a colder light or something like that it just changes so much uh, and i guess that it takes a lot of of time to to develop uh to develop that feel for for the game and you spend yeah, it a lot depends of time. on if you're an artist or if you're a programmer <laughs> oh yeah that's true yeah programmer art is awesome but you get <laughs> squares and circles. <laughs> <laughs> or you get Minecraft. <laughs> true, true. But that, those are cubes. Those those programmers oh, yeah, were good, man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you get box art. It's like, look what I made. It sucks, man. It sucks. Ah, it's great. It's great. I love it. Cubes are yeah, perfect. <laughs> I mean, he's a millionaire, right? <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's true. It worked. <laughs> it worked for him. I wish I was thinking in terms of boxes. <laughs> Crap. Yeah, but Minecraft well, yeah. has support for ray tracing as well. Yeah, Actually, it does. We and said, it looks... I think yeah, we did mention it previously. <laughs> yeah, it looks, it looks awesome. awesome. To be, yeah, it does. I mean... But still... It's just a box game. Yeah, but those are some very, very correct, realistic boxes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and no, but... Once again, I've never played that game. Uh, it's it's probably super cool. I mean, there are a lot of people playing it, so <laughs> I don't want to downplay the the game. But nah, nah. Yeah. It's it's like uh, you know, virtual Lego building with with additional additional stuff i i never played it either i i don't even i think i might have test played it once before i kind of you know i understand the concept and it's very cool because it's it's letting players use their creativity in so many ways um, yeah, it's a sandbox game uh... exactly yeah um and you can you can do so much and you know, it's just your yet your, achieve so little. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's letting you use your creativity in so many ways, and only your fantasy sets limits. I, I I've seen some incredible builds in Minecraft that people have done, um, but yeah, it's uh, definitely not for me. I'm I'm uh, <laughs> you know I'm I'm kind of a, uh, I like graphics. I do. Um, so for me. To play 
um, these types of games is just hard from a graphics perspective. I, I'm sorry to say that, but for me, that's just me. And also, I, I realized something, and, and this is a tip for, for all gamers out there. Um, don't go back and play your old games because you're going <laughs> to destroy them. I mean, <laughs> you, know, you know what I play? Because you remember the feeling and you kind of remember the graphics, but not so much, right? So I know that I played, uh, when I played Half-Life first, it, this was in 97 or something. Um, and it was like, oh my God, it's amazing. It's amazing. It, everything about that game was super awesome and amazing. And um, I know that I was feeling like, Jesus, this is a great game. It looks so freaking good. And then many, many years after that, I went back to playing Half-Life. And you know how it is. Graphics and, and all that have gone forward very, very much um, during the past two decades, basically. Um, so playing modern games and then going back to Half-Life, Half and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> this looks horrible. It's like, this is not at all how, how I remember it. Cause you remember the feeling and, and feeling like it was an awesome game, but then comparing it, you automatically do that because you've been playing FPS games that are, you know, their graphics uh, is amazing. And uh, you go back to half life like, Oh Jesus, no, no, no. I got to turn this off. I'm going to, I'm going to ruin my, my memory of half life. I can do that. <laughs> so yeah, you know, it's, uh, you don't really remember how bad the graphics are until you actually compare it to, to a modern game. So yeah, but um, <laughs> back to uh, mainstream ray tracing, I think that you know, the, the new NVIDIA cards are coming out in September, I think. Uh, the, yeah, you mean the Ampere? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing they, they have a three series or something. That's what yeah, the it's guess a three is. Series. Yeah. yeah, they do. They call it three something. Yeah, so it's going to be, I guess, the, the same naming convention like 360, 370. I, I don't think, I, I haven't seen a 380 Ti. What they're talking about is a 390. Yeah. Um, but... Um, those cards are looking amazing, to be honest. I don't know. We talked about this someday, uh, that they would be 50% faster or something like that. It was like a crazy increase in uh, performance. Uh, but I don't really remember. But the, the numbers were big anyway. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, these are the cards that might make uh, ray tracing more mainstream. Um especially when AMD is coming with their um, RDNA 2 architecture, which is also adding support for uh, ray tracing, which I think the PS5 and Xbox... What is it? What, what's the new Xbox called? Xbox. I don't know. I've never been in Xbox. I think it's Xbox S Could or be. X. It was, I know that before, before they released it, it was called Project Scarlet or something like that. Then it's uh, S. Yeah. Um, no, it's X. <laughs> there is Xbox One S and One uh, S. Then it's probably one of those. Yeah. Xbox Series X launches this November. Okay, so it's called Xbox Series X. Well, yeah. whatever. They're gonna run to, AMD cards. <laughs> <laughs> now I've never owned an Xbox myself either, so um, 
I don't, I don't, I know the naming once they are out because you you see the platforms everywhere on games released for this and that and that, and yeah. and you kind of remember the names, but other than that, pre-release I have no idea. But those those uh, are running um, the new AMD cards because uh, they're running AMD packages both both of those consoles, both the Sony console and the Microsoft console, so. Yeah um they're they're gonna have support for ray tracing as well i think yeah they do and yeah. also variable rate uh shading uh which we were talking about uh, in the first episode yeah. i think that the about the millions of polygons oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. true um so um amd is coming out with their cards I, I i think they're coming i don't know if they're coming after the launch of the ps5 and xbox or before, but anyway, in in that time, pretty soon after or before, and Nvidia is gonna launch their new cards in September. So so probably, you know, we're looking at something that will make ray tracing pretty mainstream. Especially thinking that AMD usually has more affordable cards, but I'm also thinking that Nvidia has bumped up the um, ray tracing performance even on their lower tier cards, which will be probably something like. 3060 or something like that um, and that would definitely make it more and more mainstream because I know that the, the problem was that you were losing so much frames um, if you activated um, ray tracing at least yeah, I know in, comparison, that, in comparison to the, to the thing that you would have without right yeah yeah I, but you would still you would still use the a lot of maps I would presume. I'm not really sure how the Battlefield or any other game has done it so far, but I would guess that every character that they use still has um, the ambient occlusion map and different kinds of light maps, static light maps uh, baked into the level. Uh, so there is a, a resource that takes up memory on your GPU, which does nothing. Yeah, You use it and you, can, you compute stuff still but you don't use it in the end. And uh, that's why I think that that would be one of the reasons why there would be a frame drop. Yeah. yeah I was... think that's just, uh, that's just something that I spontaneously think about right now. Yeah, and it's the computation as well. Um, but um, yeah, I, I <clears throat> the thing is that since it wasn't mainstream in in any way, the the ray tracing part is an afterthought, and you know yeah, afterthoughts are never. Just, yeah, you just put it in there just because. Yeah, exactly, and and these types of afterthoughts are never optimized in any way, so it yeah. makes sense that you would you would lose because it, it just having to remake the whole game um, very very extensively it's is not worth for them. Uh, yeah. because they're not getting I don't think that you know they released RTX support with a price tag so it was just added uh, so they're not really making any money off of it so the question is how much do you want to spend on introducing the support but yeah so while while it, I feel it was cool um, it didn't give that much to the player in in terms of gameplay actual gameplay yeah, but, and I don't think I don't think you will get away with that in the future either. But I think that because the hardware is getting 
better and you as developer don't need to think in terms of this and that, the ambient occlusion map, the whatever, the radiosity, if you want to use that. Um, you just gain cheaper games in the end, I would presume, because you don't have to you don't have to force the artists to do a lot of things, which basically means that it reduces time in development cycles. Yeah. And I would could uh, I'm guessing it won't in the beginning, but maybe later on um, reduce the price in in the actual game. Yeah, I mean that's that that was the good point that you brought up that I actually haven't thought about before. We were talking about it today because I, I I never I thought always from the gamer's perspective and and I was thinking well yeah it's cool you know but how much I mean they're so they're just done so good today that you wouldn't really notice or care as a gamer but when you started talking about the development process then it it really clicked for me as well that well yeah there are some point there are some very good points here and there are some there's some time to be saved. Um, yeah, and the, time is a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's also another, I mean, the, the gaming industry is one industry, but the, you also have the architectural visualization. Wow, that was a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> architecture visualization. <laughs> uh, of the industry, uh, which, and also the, the car industry, the, 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 uh, uh, the vehicles that you present nowadays are basically 3D in the in the beginning, and all the trailers that they, they they that they have are made in some kind of software which does it in 3D, and then they just composite it into a video and say, "Hey, you can buy our super new car in 2023." Yeah, yeah. But they really haven't produce the car yet right yeah the same the same thing with the visualization of the architecture uh, yeah you can if you, if you could just have like actual physically correct uh material representation um for the architecture and the interiors then all of a sudden you can have vr experiences of the actual place and getting the feel for a real atmosphere. Uh, you don't have to see them in boxes uh, anymore. Yeah. And VR is the next tier, right? So we we basically just, oh, well, the gaming industry basically just created the the real time ray tracing application. But then you would have to kind of adapt it for uh, for the VR space and the mobile space if if that's the thing in the future yeah and so there's a lot of future work still to be done um, yeah. but I, but i'm thinking that in terms of the other industries there is there's a lot of potential there for yeah, the ray tracing that's true and there's a you know this with architectural uh, visualization is uh, very important actually uh, we uh, we mentioned that in uh, in our first episode as well that you know they they usually really want to know when they are designing a building they want to know well you know depending on how it's placed how much sunlight does get in do we need bigger windows do we uh, need smaller windows um, 
do these people get too too much sun during the day and all that so they i know that many programs that offer like archi architectural design and stuff like um not adobe autodesk has a f one which is called revit and there are a few other big yes, players no actually it's not for visualization visualization uh revit architecture is made for uh, it, it's a bim uh, oh. which is which is well, i can't really remember what it stands for but it's basically um connecting a lot of data from a lot of different kinds of uh places and having one place to describe a thing that you're creating in this case architectural building yeah. some something industry blah, blah, blah. i can't remember exactly what it was my brother is in is in 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 the building architecture yeah because i i've used revit um and it's really nice for designing buildings where you you, you know you there it's very very accurate and very yeah um what how should you how should i say that but yeah you can you can design plans that are accurate that the guys that are gonna build the actual building can follow so they know that oh this is a concrete wall and this is a window of that type and this is yeah exactly blah, blah, blah. and then you but also the not only this is a concrete wall this is a concrete wall with this density and exactly you you buy parts for it or whatever uh, from this vendor and etc etc so yeah. there's a lot of metadata connected to one place one thing in 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 revit yeah it's it's very very accurate in that way since it's designed for that type of thing but they and and um, what i know is that they also have this sunlight visualization part where you can see well you know when you've designed your building um, depending how the building is gonna place be placed uh, with uh, reference to northeast and, and all that um, you can see how much sunlight it gets through throughout the day and that's pretty important um, but that takes some time it takes a lot of time to compute that um, so with something like support for real-time ray tracing you would be able to do that immediately and get that information which also decreases the time it takes for you to see because otherwise you have to wait you know um, some time before the analysis is complete then you have to watch the analysis and then you can say oh yeah we need smaller windows or oh yeah we need bigger windows and then you you think okay so how much should we increase the windows um, and you have to do that and then you have to wait for another feedback loop right so all yeah. that takes takes time but if you can do it in real time then it's like okay we need smaller windows oh well let's try with these types of windows and then you get immediate feedback on on how how it should be done so you don't waste uh, a lot of time in that uh, in that department um so that's pretty cool actually um but yeah for for uh, game developers i think it's uh, you know it's it's a great thing and and also i was thinking you know for vr and for it it brings just another tool to the to, to the table that you can use to uh, immerse your players even more yeah i mean you don't have to use it if you don't want to uh, if you still want to go back for i mean if you want to have um, a hand-painted version of say you want you want to have a barbie gameplay barbie uh, doll somewhere you yeah. don't need it to be um uh, 
visually super high accurate. You can you can go with a, with a hand painted version of it. Then you probably don't want to use uh, global emission anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's it's not something you have to use because it's new and cool, and you know, it's it's maybe being being used in in many other new games but it's just another tool because you know everything that we talk about here are tools for game developers basically um they you don't have to pick one or the other um or all of them you can you can use some for something and some for something else it's just that you're they're giving you more tools in your toolbox that you can use when you're designing games so you can create new types of puzzle puzzle games uh, using ray tracing or VR games. I was thinking that would be pretty cool in VR actually. Um, that type that type of uh, for for that type of application, where you can actually solve puzzles by manipulating light, for example, or something like that. I'm thinking of a horror game. Oh, that too. Yeah. I would shit myself pantless <laughs> <laughs> if I would play a horror game in VR. <laughs> there I mean, are even actually... I know that the, the things that I'm seeing aren't really real, uh, but using something uh, like real-time ray tracing where you're building the atmosphere really visually accurate with super cool high accurate stereo sound or 7.1 sound if you have that kind of a vr uh, experience yeah. it's i mean that would be just horrifying yeah yeah it, it would definitely help build up that atmosphere Def definitely yeah, yeah. um and, and i know there are some there are some vr uh horror horror games uh right uh, there have there have been some zombie games on on vr i know uh on steam i think which are pretty you know they can be pretty scary but they're still kind of graphics wise not too impressive um but i you think know, resident evil is in vr oh yeah it might be actually yeah, yeah right. i think it, i think there's a resident evil in vr which is really scary uh but there's all, the thing is with with these types of games. It's the same with the the third Doom. I think it was Doom three, right? The, the newest one, or yeah. was it four? Um, being a developer, I see things that you really can't unsee, and the, the VR game, from from what I saw in, in the trailer, there were things that really bugged me, and it was the lighting. One yeah, one of the things that that really bugged me, really like bummed me out, was the lighting, and more specifically the light reflection off of these monsters, uh, because they looked really the the models themselves were really cool, but the reflection made it seem as though they were made out of plastic. Yeah, and that basically destroyed the the whole experience for me. Yeah, well, you know, it's um, lighting oh, yeah. is I, very important. Yeah, I would, I would shoot myself anyway, <laughs> <laughs> even if there, if, even if it was like VR uh, Minecraft horror, <laughs> <laughs> I would still, uh, well, maybe, maybe not, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, well, you know, in in 
in horror games it's it's a lot about sound as well yeah um, it is and that's another thing uh the real-time ray tracing thing that we're talking about not only applies to the real-time ray tracing in terms of visuals uh, but also in audio because one of the things that you see in in audio nowadays is that you just place something somewhere right and then technically what you do is you check your position from where you are to the sound uh, emitting thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you just take an interpolation yeah. depending on the on the attenuation of the sound. But, you know, sound bounces off of stuff as well, right? Yeah. Which gives rise to different kinds of atmosphere as well. And that 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 should be done with I mean, ray tracing. That could probably be done with ray tracing as well, because if you if you're thinking in terms of instead of pixels, you're thinking of uh, what is it called? Amplitude. Yeah, yeah. You basically have the same algorithm. Yeah. You just take your position instead of one special pixel, and then you start to shoot it in a hemispherical way and see where it bounces off yeah that's true that's true you could you could have this uh model of how sound bounces through your scene yeah definitely uh yeah that would that would be pretty cool as well i don't know i maybe we talked about it before or i've because i i can't remember but i think that we either we or i read somewhere a, something extremely similar to this uh, when it comes to no, actual sound. Unreal Engine. The, in the first episode, we were talking about sound fields or whatever they were called oh, in, yeah, the, true. In, in the Unreal Engine, um, and they were talking about uh, 3D sound. Yeah, but I don't think we went into the technical aspects of it uh, because I uh, I didn't know at that time. I just yeah, thought hey, this is a volumetric thing, uh, depending on where you are, but. I think it was a transfer. I think it's a transfer function depending on where you are. Uh, a transfer function is basically having a mapping of where you are in comparison to. Uh, you get a different function, a mathematical function, like a real graph, uh, depending on position and also reflection. Yeah. Yeah, and because. This, uh... Yeah, they were talking about uh, their new and improved sound in Unreal Engine Five. That was the thing. Yeah, now I remember yeah. it. Yeah, um, and they were talking about how they spent many, many hours recording in different caves and different locations to get a better understanding of how sound yeah, that, actually bounces. Yeah, yeah, and that uh, ties back to the transfer function that I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That Cool fun fact. Um, we, not any two people in the world, hear the same thing, even though you're listening to the same thing, because every ear is made uh, differently. Uh. They, not only do you have the, uh, the 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 wrinkles and stuff in the ear, and also on the outside, uh, they look kind of similar, but really aren't, and because of that. Uh, not everyone hears the same sound. That's pretty cool. That that was a really fun fact. Yeah, because yeah, ears was... are are. Uh, I mean, ultimately, like you say, they might look the same, but 
every year is slightly different than the other. Uh, yeah. There's no... How is it? I wonder how it is with twins, because they're identical in all ways. It's the same thing, because uh, because ears and actually also your eyes um, are depending on what, what you eat, how you train, uh, etc. Sure, you do have the same DNA, but just because you have the same DNA doesn't mean that you uh, create the same pro- proteins at the same time. And yeah, that's because true. of that, yeah. because of that, you get different results. It's basically taking the same. You know, there there is thing this thing in uh, in sci-fi crime where where they take the the bite out of somewhere, right? Someone they yeah. they they can see who the killer was because of the bite, and that's basically the same uh, the same thing there because the erosion on your teeth is different between you and someone else yeah. uh, they can pinpoint who has the, who the killer is yeah that's true because even i mean even twins would not always eat the same food and, and all that exactly it's like uh, even if they did uh, doesn't really mean that they use the same force to chew the same food right yeah that's true, true. <laughs> yeah. now that was a side tra- uh, a side note <laughs> yeah, from race racing it was it was fun <laughs> yeah it is a fun fact yeah um, uh, and I actually learned this during my uh, studies when I was studying uh, information visual. No, 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 scientific visualization, which oh. is basically a three D visualization thing of volume data. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, we both uh, had that course at the university. Oh, you went? To- okay, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I had it too. I just had it after you, I think. Ah, uh, all right, all right. Yeah. But um, that's when I learned cool transfer one. functions. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that that one's a pretty cool one. Uh, how to visualize volume data, like uh, MRI scans and all that. That was uh, yeah, exactly. very interesting. Um, so, what do we think is ray tracing the future? I mean, it's being added into a bunch of things now. So I'm guessing you know PS5, Xbox gonna have it. AMD's launching cards with ray tracing. Um, yeah, and I mean, sorry to just interrupt you there. Uh, sure, there it is a future, but there's still a lot of things to do. I mean, you do uh, if you want to simulate the camera, you have the the depth of field effect, right? Yeah. Nowadays, it's a post processing uh, step, yeah. which is the same as the the screen space reflection that we were talking about previously. And that that step basically you get for free with real-time ray tracing. Yeah. Uh, and you get a lot of those um, for free. And also, you, while ray tracing is something cool, nowadays you could only do it for, I think, a sphere around you as a player, but also you can only do it for surfaces. You can't do it really well for real-time for volumes. So that's one thing that you need that needs to be done as well. So volumetric ray tracing, basically adding not only lighting effects but also volumetric volumetric light, such as um, subscattering surfaces. I guess subscattering surfaces is one uh, is one yeah. of those things. Translucent materials is one of the thing. Yeah. Um, uh, I was thinking in terms of say your out at say 10 ish late night and 
during the day was it was raining so the atmosphere atmosphere is basically foggy and uh uh what is it called humid yeah. uh, and that kind of an atmosphere does also add complexity because say that you have a car with two uh spotlights in the in uh, in the front rushing through you uh, not through you <laughs> Uh, past you <laughs> uh, that light is also that needs to be bounced around as well and yeah. that kind of volumetric uh, ray tracing is still around the corner yeah yeah because i know that unreal engine 5 doesn't have support for that yet they they said that they're working on it but translucent materials are not supported and uh, yeah volumes like subscattering surfaces is still not supported yet so there is still way to go, ways to go on on that technology, and uh, you can understand that because subscattering surfaces are uh, and volumetric uh, lighting um, in in the sense of foggy, uh, um, foggy atmosphere is a bit more complicated, uh, at least if you want it to look good, because reflections are one thing. Um, but uh, yeah, because that's just a surface, right? You could just bounce it off and see exactly. where it bounces yeah. next. Yeah. But having volume, you actually need to sample it. Uh, exactly. Over, yeah. A, yeah. Over a distance. Yeah. But there's also one. Uh, I just realized something. Animation, real-time ray tracing in combination with animation, is also something that needs to be done. That yeah. will be needed uh, later on. Yeah. Because if you if you shoot a ray onto a surface, say uh, a ball that is basically spongy, uh, if you if you squish it, the ray the the same ray that you just shot isn't going to land at the same thing. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's just a super super simple scenario. But think in terms of cloth, for instance. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because that's squishable and deforms exactly. and stuff. So. And deforms exactly. So uh, having a real-time ray tracing thing in in those uh, those animated scenes is also uh, something that needs to be uh, waited for. Yeah, but it's on its way. I'm guessing. I think there's a lot of great potential uh, companies out there that do this really great. Probably, yeah. I mean, the the engines are probably gonna add that. I guess. Um, one thing I was wondering, actually, I haven't checked it out, but how how is support for this added? How do you implement this? Do the engines have support for it right now, or is it something that <laughs> I think it's I think it's a really funny thing though, because it's not really the engines. Uh, the engines themselves don't really have it. I think it's more of a thing that depends on the hardware as well as the SDKs that they use. I'm guessing an NVIDIA SDK has, well, you need to implement the, uh, I mean, uh, communicate with the SDK, so sure. But I'm thinking you, I'm guessing you're getting an API for it. And if you're really lucky, I'm thinking you get just a checkbox. Do you want this on or off? Yeah, yeah. Because you don't, you you as a developer don't really need to implement anything in regards to uh, the implementation algorithms of ray tracing. You yeah. just say, "Hey, please give me ray traced 
a sphere. Yeah, yeah. That, that's why I was wondering if like Unreal Engine has support for it too. Like if you can enable. I'm thinking. It yeah, I'm guessing. By the way, the that because of materials and how materials work in in, in Unreal uh, and Unity and any other engine that use it, um, there is. They had they use shaders, right? Yeah. Uh, in in. You have the material which is connected with the shader, and the shader is the actual program that works on the computer. Uh, I mean, on the graphics card. Yep. And the shader, the material that you uh, create, you just say, "Hey, please use this kind of a shader." So ray traced, uh, ray traced dielectric. Uh, oh, sorry, ray traced translucent material. Yeah. And then poof, you have a translucent. Uh, uh, something but then you need to have your camera and this is probably an uh something on the camera that you need to push yeah yeah i was i was thinking about that because i haven't of course i i could have you can always check and google it up how to add support for this and what support there is out there but it's just uh it's just good to know because I haven't, you know, I haven't been very, I guess a lot of people might have been very stoked on the ray tracing thing. I haven't been, I've been a bit skeptical. Um, there are some advantages like we discussed, um, but I never checked like, well, you know, if you want to develop using ray tracing and you're already using a game engine, which probably, you know, most indie guys would do, um, there are I, I don't think there are that many that m create their own engines nowadays at least there um, are actually more <laughs> more than i think yeah yeah it's usually a like lot that. more <laughs> there are so many people who create this but uh, for those that actually use um use that um the the game because I can imagine that if you create your own game engine there then there's an api from nvidia Either if yeah. it's a if it's a tick box or you have to implement some code, you you do that. Yeah. Um, and for and people using an existing game engine, they yeah, basically just pick tick. Yeah, uh, I guess so. It yeah. is. A, I just checked it out um, on the Unreal Engine's web page. You mm. basically just enable it, and then it's it's done. That's nice. Well, I mean, that's that's great. That's that's how it should be. There, it's because uh, you don't want to overcomplicate things. You just you want to make it simple for for uh, developers to get to get started with with this. Uh, yeah. So so uh, it should be it should be as simple as simple as possible. Yeah, uh, because you you basically just say, do you want this on or off, and yeah. then uh, the engine takes care of everything else. Yeah. Uh, I just realized something. Um, hair is something that is really in a weird place i think because you have hair shaders that basically give you the ability to model uh hair in a realistic fashion but you yeah. still have these individual hair strands right yeah. and real-time ray tracing um although hmm, I'm just thinking out loud right now. Um, how you've done hair previously in a low poly model is that you have basically a quad where you add your hair on. 
Yeah. And then you had a bunch of a bunch of those. Or you can have a shader that basically takes all of the vertices that you have and adds a lot of motion to it or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and having ray tracing interact with that kind of a shader or that kind of a system um, would be interesting to see what the results are. Yeah, well, you know, because what um, when you said here, because I remember this from the first Chronicles of Narnia movie. Uh, yeah. When they were making uh, Aslan the lion, um, they, he's a 3D model. And they kind of realized that, wait a minute, you know, hair actually disperses light in different ways and also, yeah, bounces, ray, um, um, hair strands bounce against each other. But that's for a more realistic physical effect, which is not always that important in gaming. But for the actual lighting, they're like they they kind of thought that well, yeah, you know, the light bounces in in hair. So with ray tracing, it would be uh, interesting to see because it could, depending on the geometry, uh, end up being more realistic uh, in in games as well if it works with those kinds of surfaces but i guess that it would but I, yeah i don't know i mean they're probably thinking of uh, those terms anyway but yeah uh, i'm guessing right now uh, that people need to think twice yeah yeah it's uh, but it was that was really good that you can just enable it anyway uh, in in the game engine cuz um it's uh you know it's it's pretty pretty important that it's simple to to get started with um otherwise it's going to be you know if if it's a hassle nobody's going to do it uh if it's a it depends it's a, it's a kind of a trade off if you want to spend more time on your lighting or you just want to get it for free or yeah you know um if it's worth adding the extra work for it but I think it's it's gonna be exciting anyway. Um, yeah, it's gonna be. And I, pretty... I mean, one of the cool things is that you as a player won't need to think in terms of is this ray tracing or is this not ray tracing. You just see things look natural. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, it's gonna it's gonna be a more correct representation of reality or the yeah, game's I mean, reality. People like me who are really annoyed by this this horror game that looks like a plastic monster uh, yeah. coming out of you. Um, those people will probably be more, wow, this is so cool. Yeah, I and mean... Yeah, I mean, there is, there's been a lot of commotion about ray tracing. And up until just recently, I really didn't understand the why it was so cool. But then the more you think about it, the more you realize that, hey, yeah. There are a lot of things that can be really cool. Yeah, because, you know, at the end of the day, it needs to be more than a cool technology. Otherwise, it's never going to really catch on because people are set in their ways when they're developing games and developing in general. So for them to, you know, to um, to make someone break their dev cycle that they're used to and that they've optimized during years of the game development... Yeah. You really need to introduce something that is not only game changing, but you know, gives them some kind of advantage in their dev cycle, optimizing it more. Because you know, the 
companies that have done this for for a long time they have pretty op optimized processes i guess uh and and dev cycles so you know for for them to add something to their dev cycle it really needs to add a value to their actual both maybe you know game in terms of visual stuff and and immersing players but also that they can save money and the economics of it so so and when you think of it this way you know yeah it does it really does um so so there are there are uh, there are some some real advantages there once you start looking past the gamer perspective yeah. which is yeah well yeah uh, we uh, also passed the hour mark so i don't know if we want to say anything more or should we end here um i don't have anything more to say um i'm probably gonna say a lot more than i intend to but let's just <laughs> stop here before <laughs> it's too late <laughs> um it was a cool topic to talk about i mean there are some advantages of course there are a lot of cool and exciting things coming up uh, and being a tech nerd this is really cool yeah yeah and i mean it's it's cool for uh, game developers uh, as well uh, they can they can use this it's it's a tool in your toolbox that you can you can use uh, yeah. depending on what type of game you want to create and stuff so yeah yeah all right then uh, i guess thank you for listening and uh, we'll see you next week thank you juicy for the conversation yeah thank you mexico i'll see you next week bye bye all right bye bye